Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you these wisdom teachings. Have you ever wished to know the roadmap to a more peaceful and joyful life? Our guest today is here to share with us some profound sacred truths that will give you insights that will leave your heart singing. Our guest today is John Jacob Mubarak, or as we lovingly call him, JJ. He's a powerful <laughs> spiritual teacher, agape licensed spiritual practitioner, teacher and resident Arrhythmia Life and Deathsman Center, and is soon to be the author of an exquisite book called Sacred Truths. And also, I should not forget, he is a breathwork breathwork facilitator, a four-rhythm breathwork facilitator. Yeah. John is committed to bringing joy. Yes, thank you, (laughs) joy bringer. He's also, we know him to be committed to facilitating healing through the sacred truth principles of acceptance and love and joy and oneness. John Jacobs retreats and his sacred travel, his breath work, his teaching and his private client sessions are all designed to activate spiritual growth and development, both his own and in walking that path with so many others. And my favorite part about John Jacob <laughs> is his ability to communicate wisdom and sacred truths. I mean, he is a masterful communicator. And so, dear listeners, today you're in for a treat. Also, please stay till the end of this episode because JJ has a wonderful invitation for all of us. So thank you, JJ, for saying yes, and welcome to the Peace Teachings Podcast. Wow. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Welcome, JJ. Boy, you and I are just having this beautiful, wonderful reintroduction to one another. And I have to say, your reputation precedes you. God comes before you. Spirit has delivered you so lovingly into my life. Welcome, friend. We're so delighted to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. But thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. And so JJ came to... Um, my private community the other day and he gave us an incredible class i mean the students still talking about you jj and you were sharing with us um what you're writing in your book soon to be published and divine right timing i know that so would you uh share with us the principles of this incredible book that you're writing thank you i would love to and this really came through you know, really understanding that it is not I, but the Father within that does the work, right? It's really come through um, working with private clients. I, I, I received this information um, in, you know, years of doing private sessions with clients as a practitioner and then working with thousands of people uh, at Rhythmia. You know, we have such a unique opportunity at Rhythmia to work with 50 to 100 people a week. And, you know, Paula, you and I have been 
involved there for over five years. And um, so it's thousands and thousands of people. It's really amazing. So these principles, the sacred truth principles came through sort of my journey. And Jennifer so beautifully said, uh, you know, if you want the roadmap and, and I've actually been saying, you know, I'm walking the path and I've got my map and I'm happy to share it with you, but it's just my map, you know, like, so I got, here's, here's the part of the terrain that I've outlined and I want to share it with you. And then you can explore from there and, 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 um, and connoiter new parts of the terrain. So I'm happy to share my map with you, but it's not the map, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So the sacred truth principles are acceptance, joy, and oneness. And the principles are sequential. So when we, when we are in, a, in high acceptance, you know, uh, non-resistance, um, we, we naturally, and there's some parts under acceptance I'll talk about, but just a, a high level overview. When we're in high acceptance, when we're accepting things, when we're surrendering to life, when we've forgiven, when we have let go of, um, the limiting beliefs and narratives, perspectives, opinions, and points of view that we have willingly taken on mm-hmm. in our childhood, because all children, all of us want to feel loved, feel enough, feel safe and feel like we belong right? Like those are the core woundings. So how many things have we all done to feel like we're safe, to feel like we belong, to feel like we fit in, to feel like we're loved? All the things that we've done, those are the limiting stories that we've taken on, that we're not enough, that we're not perfect, whole and complete, no matter what. And so we have to unbecome, we have to unlearn those stories. So when we unlearn those stories, move into a deep state of forgiveness, and there's only only one person to forgive and it's ourselves, right? And then, and then from forgiveness, move into a deep surrender with patience, faith, awareness, meditation, and, um, and trust. Those are the, the, the five aspects of surrender. So when we're surrendering, when we're forgiving, when we're unbecoming, unlearning, we are in acceptance. We are in non-resistance. And from that, we've lightened up. When, we, when we're working in those areas, we've lightened up and we move naturally into a state of joy. This is why the principles are sequential. We move naturally. It's, it's a joy that the world can't take away from us because the world didn't give it to us. It's yeah. coming from within. I, I'm forgiving. I'm light. I'm surrendered. I'm not resisting. And there's no contra energy. There's nothing. I'm in flow. So flow is a natural outpicturing of, of joy. You know, and, and I would also say that joy is a greater indicator of abundance and prosperity than hard work. So joy mm-hmm. not only brings us in the flow, but brings us new abundance and prosperity and really abundance, not just material abundance, but affluence. We're affluent with uh, peace of mind, health of body, all spiritual needs met, all mental needs met, all emotional needs met, all material needs met, all physical needs met. This is, this is joy. And the next thing that sort of emerges out of joy is sovereignty. So sovereignty has three components. So when we're in joy, we don't have to worry about boundaries and making sure that we're, we're just, there's just, things are just clear. We're centered and, um, and we become sovereign, meaning three aspects of sovereignty. We can place our awareness where we want to place it. So I can, I can think about what I want to think about. I know myself, and I'm sure all of our listeners have had the experience of not being able to stop thinking about something. Like I'm just ruminating on it and I'm stuck in that loop in that hamster wheel. So that's low sovereignty. High sovereignty is I'm placing my awareness where I want. I'm thinking about what I want to think about. The second aspect of sovereignty is, um, is creating affirmative narratives 
for our life. And I use the example of a young lady that I was working with whose father had passed away at eight. And she said, you know, I've always been sad whenever I think of my father's passing and, and lots of regret and, um, bitterness. He wasn't there when I graduated from high school or college or when I got married or when I had my first kid or, you know, lots of sadness and regret. And through our work, she as moving into sovereignty, she re she created a new narrative. And she said, you know, this is how the principles emerged for me, right? Like all the stuff came because of clients. So she said one day, I've changed, you know, now I no longer think of my father and think of sadness. I actually think of gratitude for the time that we had. Mm. And that's not anything that, you know, as a therapist or as a practitioner that you can say, you know, you really should just be grateful for the time you had. Like that doesn't fly with people. But when they make the connection themselves, it's powerful. Mm. So, so creating narratives that are affirmative, not positive, you know, because we can be positive, the life sucks, right? But affirming narratives, narratives that affirm life, that's the second piece of sovereignty. And finally, right action is the third piece of sovereignty that we are able to do what we say we're going to do. So, mm-hmm. so when we're in, when we're in joy, we're sovereign, we're in flow, abundance and prosperity are bubbling up naturally. We're in a tractor field for that, and we move easily into join. Yeshua bin Yusuf in his ecstatic statement, I and the Father are one. It is not I, but the Father within that does the work. We're in ecstatic oneness. We're internally validated. There's an internal validation. I'm no longer seeking confirmation uh, from the outside, but I'm internally aware of the truth of my being. I'm one with the source of all of life. Nothing can be against me. When we're in high acceptance, high joy, high oneness, we move into our, where you're standing in your sacred truth. You're standing in coherence. And when we're coherent with life, man, life is on fire and it's just leading us. Life is leading us, right? We're really being pulled by a vision as Reverend Michael says, instead of pushed by pain. So these are the sacred truth principles. And, um, I'm going to just stop talking. (laughs) I put a period on it. (laughs) That's incredible. That's so concise and beautifully shared. Um, And I know the world is just awaiting this book that's already written in spirit and coming through you. You have an elegance with your description that is, I I know our listeners will appreciate it. I'm appreciating it. I know Paula is as well. Um, can we can we speak into for just a moment again this what you've what I've heard you describe is um, absolute principles that are unchanging no matter who's walking the path and I love the differentiation that you made saying look I can show you my map it's not the map and yet JJ if 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 I may what you have described is principle it is unarguable absolute and can look countless ways on on individuals and yet there are universal truths here that you're describing in the acceptance the joy and the oneness path that they build on one another and that is an absolute principle no matter who's walking the path home and yet that path can express itself uniquely per individual i really appreciate that distinction have i understood that correctly yes and, and, and thank you. And that comes out of, I was thinking about this the other day, like, you know, there's so many people out there that have the way, like, this is the way everybody sort of put their stamp on it. I'm going to, uh, you know, 
and most of it is ancient truths that are, you know, like I love Joe Dispenza, right? But he's like, this is the way. You got to listen to these meditations and do it this way. And if you do these things, you're going to get this result. And that's his package. And it's beautiful. <laughs> but his principles are all based on Kundalini yoga principles, right? The breath work. Right. The, like, it's, it's all, it, it's sort of, it's kind of like Bikram yoga, right? He just took a series of things and said, okay, this is the series and this is the way you do it. And, and I'm interested, I'm not criticizing those people, although maybe it sounds like it, but for me, there's something interesting in, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one that has the way. And that's why I made the distinction of this. I'm going to share my map with you. And these principles were true before I wrote them. And what I'm saying, nothing is new, mm -hmm. but it's uniquely coming through me with my experience and, you know, all of the, the unique aspects of me. It's like uh, the, the infinite intelligence flows through our awareness and out pictures in a unique way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was the distinction I was trying to make. Like, Yes, these are universal principles and they're not mine. Like I can't be like, well, this is the sacred truth path. <laughs> now it might be like some people might be Says like, oh, that really resonates. right? Exactly. <laughs> it's sort of like what I said earlier was, uh, oh, there's five parts of surrender. Why? Oh, because I said so. Right? Like <laughs> it's just like, oh, patience, faith, trust, awareness, and meditation. Sounds good. You know, but that's yeah the intention is to is to um how do we and this is something an, an, an ongoing question how do we as people in the space of spiritual thought leaders sharing from our hearts what spirit wants to come through us how do we share that without patenting it making right. it a trademark thing right I don't, I don't know the answer to that but i'm exploring that and i'm trying to figure that out and that's why i like the i have the map i can share my map with you and you're going to chart your own course. And it, it goes back to one of the, my favorite quotes my mother used to say from Pericles. Pericles was the Athenian, Athenian statesman for 400, 380 BC, something like that, ruled Athens in its most productive time. And he said, who I, who I am, I owe to those who came before me. What I become, I owe to myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of speaks to what I'm, I'm talking about. Like everybody has, we're all, it, it's that um, beautiful chant that I do before my morning practice. Um, ong, ong namo gurudev namo. I, I, I acknowledge the, the universal principles. I acknowledge the truth, that which is eternal, that which is unchanging, that which is real. And the teachers that have brought us from darkness into light. Right. So the teachings are there and then each teacher shows up to express those teachings in a unique way. Um, and, and yeah, we want to monetize things, right? We want to, we want to express abundance and prosperity uh, because the, because the old model is I work hard, I make money and then I become philanthropic. Mm -hmm. Reverend Michael talks about the four P's of profit, people, purpose, planet, and profit. And so we, you know, the idea is that we, we create, the idea, the new model is that loving God is the most prosperous thing we can do. Mm. That service and abundance, if there's no separation, then there's no distinction between service and abundance. There's no separation between, you know, uh, being loving and being prosperous. Can't be. Mm. No separation, God. So that's the idea.
I love that. Loving God yes. is the most prosperous thing we can do. And so it is. I love and that. So it is. And I really resonate with teachers like you, JJ, that say, hey, this is my perspective of the truth. If we imagine truth in the middle, there's infinite ways to look at truth. And you're giving us one that at this moment is resonating so highly with me and Jen and I know with our listeners. And, and also having this flexibility invites people to explore, to explore other perspectives and make their own, you know, develop their own discernment. So thank you for that. And I want to go back a little bit to the first part where you say acceptance, because I know when we are going through tribulation, through chaos, uh, there is this horrible resistance that, I mean, I am judging it as horrible, but it feels very uncomfortable resistance that is built in our body. And my husband and I have been doing um, Jose Silva method. We've been learning about that. And uh, I've been listening to the story of Jose Silva and he used to fix radios and he discovered, and I don't know if I'm going to explain it exactly how it is, but when there is a lot of resistance or when the cables are really tight, less frequency can travel. Mm. When the resistance is loosened in the cables of a, of a radio, there's more uh, energy or electricity that can travel. And I know I'm not making uh, justice to the, to the, to the right explanation, but it made me think of this when you were talking about acceptance. It's like we're losing the resistance so spirit can flow through with more ease and more grace. What would you say to our listeners who are going through perhaps a, a health problem, a divorce, drama with a friend, drama with their bosses, that life right now feels really heavy and filled with resistance? How do I arrive to acceptance? Mm. Mm. So somebody's going through a challenge, a relationship challenge, a job challenge, a health challenge. Uh, you know, the, the, the first principle around acceptance is, you know, non-resistance is an art. Once mastered, the world is ours. Mm. And um, the first thing, there's a certain inevitability to the present moment, right? This now moment is a condensation of our previously held thoughts, opinions, perspectives, points of view, and beliefs, right? This is a, a result of the principle, what we think about, we bring about. Where our attention goes, our energy flows, right? It's one of the windows of manifestation that's taught at agape, the Job effect. We can, we can recreate our worst fears, right? So this present moment, what we're experiencing, whether it's a health challenge or a relationship challenge or a job challenge, financial challenge, can't do anything about it in this moment. This is a condensation of the past. Well, if this now moment is a condensation of the past, then the next experience will be a condensation of what I'm holding now. So acceptance and awareness are the beginnings of this is what's so. I'm accepting it absolutely. Why? Because what got us there was a tightly wound pattern. 
And the only way to unravel that pattern is to think differently. We can't solve the problem at the level of the problem. If harder, faster, longer, stronger got me into this situation, then I can't go harder, faster, longer, stronger to get me out. It's like when we get stuck in the mud or in the sand in our car and it, you know, I'm spinning the wheels and I go, well, if I just keep pushing harder, it's going to, I'm going to get out, but I just keep digging myself deeper. So we're, we're stuck in this. I'm trying to get out. I got to change it. I got to shift this we begin to bring our awareness to what's so right now in this moment. This is inevitable. How do I become the mental alchemist to create a new experience? Well, the first piece is to realize that it's all happening now. There's a vertical notion of time and a linear notion of time. What do we, how do we talk, think about vertical time? It's all happening now, the eternal now. Our access to infinite possibility and potential is in the now. So here's how I like to think about it. And um, uh, let's imagine that you're on. So, so the idea is that in this now moment, it looks like health, problem with, with family, problem with relationship, problem with money, problem with job. That's what it looks like right now. But we know, don't get caught up in appearances. Things are not what they appear to be. Something wonderful is seeking to emerge. That's great spiritual language. But do I get it? Well, here's how I get it. You're on the ground floor in a hurricane. Things are chaotic. It's crazy. There's no safety. There's, there's uh, no order, no harmony, no balance, no peace. <sighs> Craziness, right? Now you're in an airplane and you're flying over the area where the hurricane is. And um, you can start to see the grid of the streets. You can see the houses and the rows and the trees. So you can start to see some structure, right? And now you're in the space station and you're looking at the earth from the space station and you just see this, oh, this black velvet curtain with diamonds shining in the earth. And you see it's slowly spinning and the blue and the green and the, and the brown and the white, the white of the hurricane turning. So from that perspective, it's peaceful and harmonious and balanced. So chaos, order, peace, and harmony are all happening at the same time. So now I can be the mental alchemist. I know if that, that, Here's another principle, and it's a biological principle. All systems, biological and physical, seek homeostasis. Everything is seeking balance. Everything. So if I'm in a health imbalance, my body is seeking balance harm, and harmony and order. Um, I'm listening. So, so, uh, so now that person who's experiencing the first part of acceptance right in this moment is like, this is what's so, this is where I'm at. There's nothing wrong. In fact, this moment, this now moment, there's something seeking to emerge. I can't see it. Let me see it. This is where we become the mental alchemist. Where all we need, the principle of alchemy is that you just needed a little bit of the philosopher's stone, a little bit of the gold to transmute the lead or the mercury, the base metal into the noble metal right? So we just need a little bit of that. I know I can't see it. I'm not denying that I'm experiencing illness. I'm just turning away from the illness. Like a flower turns towards the sun. I'm turning towards, there's something wonderful seeking to happen. There's something, order, balance, and harmony. Homeostasis in my body is seeking to health is seeking to happen. The precursor to health is is disease. The precursor to clarity is chaos. It's always that way. Things are always evolving. The final piece to this mental alchemy, this spiritual alchemy, is to remember the law of reversibility. 
which states that if in, in the physical world, the law of reversibility says if electricity can, or if heat can generate friction, then friction can generate heat. If magnetism can generate electricity, then electricity can generate magnetism. In the spiritual world, it works like if having the thing can generate a feeling, then the feeling can generate the thing. That's the law of reversibility. So if having perfect health would generate wonder, awe, amazement, gratitude, what would you be doing? I'd be active, I'd be thriving, I'd be all of these feelings. Now, I'm, I'm hanging out in, in that vibration of having, of already having it. That really is the meaning of pray as if you've already had it. Knock and it shall be answered. Um, you know, ask and, and it shall be given. Um, that 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 I'm, I'm I'm holding that possibility, and um, a law of reversibility. I lost track of thought again. Okay, law of reversibility. So so I have, I'm holding that clear in that that elevated emotion. I'm holding that high vibration emotion of what it would be like if I already had it, if it was already done. That feeling creates. We build the consciousness. Mm-hmm. One of my of the final piece. I got to learn to be a better, <laughs> better interviewee. I keep talking. The final thing is everything's so good. What Reverend Michael shared so beautifully. I remember one day he told me, um, you know, if somebody's sitting in front of you and they don't have, they can't pay their rent. Like what do you do as a practitioner? Like, Oh, all is well. Like that doesn't, you know, but, but it's the same thing. We have to build the consciousness. We have to hold that elevated emotion. So we would say, I would say to a client sitting in front of me, okay, They're saying, John, I can't pay my rent in three weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have a kid. It's dire. Okay. All right. Cool. I'd say right now, right this second, we're in this session right now. Do you need anything? Are you, I mean, are all your needs met right now? Need water, need food. Okay. Right now you have a place to live. Right now you have food. Right now you're okay. Right now my needs are met. Okay. How about this moment? Needs are met. Okay, cool. How about now? Needs are met. Cool. Moment by moment, breath by breath. We build the consciousness of all needs met. The feeling generates the thing. Mm. The thing generates the feeling. So good. Thank you. That was so I turn off. Yeah, that was really good. I turn off my mic while you're speaking because there's a little bit of traffic going by, but I'm cheering and shouting and applauding <laughs> over here. Sorry you can't hear me. Um, and you're really good at this. So uh, uh, thank you. Just. I mean, so much, so much intelligence and wisdom and fruitful sharing there. Thank you. Thank you, too. I, I'm, I'm just segueing slightly for just a pause to say you have to come back. <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. Great honor. Thank you. Okay. So that's agreed upon. Thank you. Um, Would you do us the delight of speaking into the suggestion of oneness? Just as in the, in the human realm, we, we, we often are finding ourselves challenged by allowance. I also see in the dualistic nature of my beautiful protective personality that it um, needs to be shown what oneness is. That that's an invitation, I believe, in the human experience. I'll just speak for myself. That is definitely a theme in my, in my lifetime here, in this experience here, uh, in this consciousness that I'm enjoying just now. 
would you speak just whatever wants to flow out of you? Because I see that is exactly how you share intelligence about oneness, please. And thank pleasure. You. you know, I love, we, we were in Ghana with, um, we did, I did a trip with, uh, with Agape to Ghana and we met brother Ishmael Teta. And I loved, I love him. And he said, John, nature is my teacher. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that has been like that phrase has just resonated for years. That was like 2016, right? Like nature is my teacher. So I, for me, I have to use some things to help me get to oneness, right? Because everything in my physical world is saying I'm separate. I'm looking at you. You don't look like me. We're different. There's a tree. That's not me. There's a window. That's not me. There's right. Everything's telling me that we're separate, that I'm not one. So how do I get to oneness? So I, I use, um, some, some mental tricks, right? Not mental tricks, mental, mental aids. So firstly, I start to think about intelligence. So I'll say, okay, I know that there's an intelligence within me at the very cellular level. I mean, my body is intelligent. It's digesting food. It, there's a consciousness in my body. It reacts to the environment without me consciously doing things, right? So there's a level of intelligence, of consciousness in my body. Right now, there's, my cells are doing millions of deft and complicated activities activities to keep me enjoying this experience of consciousness that you talked about, right? <laughs> the, 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 the supremely enjoyable and terribly underestimated state of existence, right? <laughs> terribly so, underestimated. <laughs> Genius. Um, so we, we are, um, okay, come on. We're talking about oneness. Uh, ah, so, so, I have to, oh, my, my, there's an intelligence in my body, right? There's an intelligence. And then I also have reflexive consciousness. I can think about what I'm thinking about. That's another level of intelligence. And then I can see that all around me, there's an intelligence. There's an intelligence in this plant. It's photosynthesizing. There's an intelligence in that screen behind me and the wood and all the material world because these chains of the, the periodic table basically is being held together in complicated molecular structures. That's intelligence in the rocks and the trees and the birds and the plants and the air. The planet is spinning without human compulsion happening right now. The sun rose today, didn't have anything to do with it, right? And we can go anywhere in the universe and find intelligence that's operating independent of me. So I can actually say there's an intelligence in me and all around me. I'm actually living and moving and having my beingness in intelligence. And there's no separation. It's the same intelligence. I, I have to, I mean, if you just asked me, we're one, I'd be like, no, but if I have to, this is called science of mind, right? Mental mind treatments. I'm treating my mind to lift myself above confusion. And these are some of the ways that resonate with me. I actually, okay, that's one. Another one is um, all duality resolves into singularity. And this is physics. So, hot and cold are an expression of heat. They're not two different things. There's their one thing. So there's something hot, I can touch it, ow, that's hot, and I can touch, ooh, that's really cold, hot and cold. But according to the quantum physicists, we can never get to absolute zero. 
is 350 million degrees below zero, there's still a, a quantum filament. There's still some movement. And if there's movement, there's heat. So then hot and cold are an expression of heat, more or less heat. The mm. same with light and dark. That's an expression of light, more or less light. That's why we can say there's only one thing going on. Where do you want to enter on the octave of those scales? More or less, but it's only one thing. Mm. So these are the ways that I come to a deeper realization that, that I'm one. I'll tell you the last story is when I was in practitioner training and we read the Joel Goldsmith uh, and, um, anthology. There was some anthology that we read by Joel Goldsmith. And I'm, I'm a big Ernest Holmes fan. And I was not digging Goldsmith at the time. And I remember I went to Reverend Coco and I was like, Reverend Coco, yeah, there's a contradiction here. And then he says this over here. Look at that. This guy, you know, and she goes, because she's supposed to be the Joel Goldsmith expert. Right. Yeah, and yeah. she goes, I go, so what do you say? I'm expecting her to like launch into uh, an argument or a defense or, you know, and she goes, well, have you asked Joel? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? <laughs> we didn't ask Joel. He's still around. She goes, he's very active. Why don't you ask him? And I said, okay. So I asked Joel Goldsmith. I forgot all about it. And then I, we were going to class. This is when we still did live classes at, you know, Buckingham, when we were on Buckingham, right? And I, I was late. And so we had an agreement in class that if you're late, you walk in during the meditation, you sit on the outside of the circle until meditation's over and then you can come in. Don't, mm -hmm. don't disturb. So um, I'm sitting on the outside of the circle. I sit down for meditation and all of a sudden it was like, Joel Goldsmith was pounding it into my head. You are one with all of life. You are one with all of life. I'm like, <laughs> where's this coming from? <laughs> you know? um, and I just knew it was Joel Goldsmith. Like, but that ex that that ecstatic experience of oneness um, came through meditation, and there was no there was nothing no no backup, right? No. But the other two things that I shared with you, all duality can be resolved into one singularity, and and I can look to nature as my teacher, and I can think about intelligence. So I can say that for intelligence, I can say that for love, I can say that for peace, I can say that for for wisdom, I can say that for joy. Like it's in me, it's all around me. I can say that for God. So the, the intelligence of God is in me and all around me. It's everything that I am. And I'm a part of it. Mm. And so that's how I come to, to, to answer your question, speaking on oneness and what comes through around that is I, I have to work. I have to work every day to remind myself um, because the, the virus of the mind, mm. you know, will come right back. The final thing, I love that there's another biblical a uh, story of a guy standing next to Jesus, right? And, um, and you know, you can imagine being near someone like that, right? If the Dalai Lama walked in the room right now, we'd be like, we wouldn't have to know he was here. We'd feel it, right? He would just feel to someone of that. That, that uh, Ernest Holmes says, who's kept their wick so trimmed and bright, you know, <laughs> they're burning bright, right? So this guy's next to Jesus and he says, he just exclaims, I believe. And the next thing he says is, heal thou my disbelief. And why I like that story is because it shows us that we catch this glimpse. Oh my God, I got it. And then boom, immediately the old thought patterns come back. Mm. So there's, so we just, as a reminder, like we just keep, we keep reorienting ourselves um, 
All right, I got another story. Are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> Can I go on? Okay. Yes. So, yes. so don't beat ourselves up when those old thought patterns come back so frequently. I'm one, I'm one, I'm one. No, I'm not. I'm mad at you. We're separate, right? Whatever. That's okay. This is part of acceptance and part of awareness, right? That we 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 accept like we accept that part of ourselves that falls back. Reverend Kathleen, I love what she says. Um, I'm not asking to never fall asleep again. I'm just asking to wake up faster when I do. One of my favorite sayings, right? So don't don't get don't beat yourself up um, when when those things happen. And and finally, the story is um, uh, we have a I have a friend who's an astronaut, and um, and he this guy lived at the bottom of the ocean for six months, lived in the space station for six months, piloted the space shuttle twice, and did four spacewalks. Really crazy dude, crazy. I mean, incredible man. And I asked him. Um, his name's Ron Guerin. And I asked him, I heard this story, Ron, that when the space shuttle was, was flying, that it was off course 80% of the time. And the job of the captain was to just keep shoring up to trajectory. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess about 80%, something like that. And I was like, okay, if the most precise organization on the planet, NASA and SpaceX are off course 80% of the time, it's okay if I forget oneness, right? Like I got to keep, keep shoring up, keep coming back to trajectory. Okay. I believe heal down my disbelief. I believe heal down my disbelief. Yeah, it's a constant inhaling and exhaling. It's, it's yes. a dance with this duality and, and JJ and, and everything you're saying, yes, you, you need to come back and everything you're saying was resonating so much. And one theme that has come across many of the teachers that we have, um, interview is the pa- the the power of practice having mm-hmm. an yes. active practice in your and you're talking about this when you're talking about um, uh, you said acceptance you said trust surrender you you mentioned a few qualities there so you're you're saying having an active practice so that we can keep coming back you know coming back coming back to truth I would love for you to talk about that. And also in that, I would love for you to tell us a story about the mermaids, that story of the mermaids. Yeah, the sirens. Yeah, the sirens, the mermaids. <laughs> they are, they're mermaids, right? They're, they're mermaids. That, um, thank you. Great question. Okay. So a practice around the question gives a practice around awareness and the story of the mermaids. Yeah. the, the pra- So because of the story of the, the sirens and mermaids, it's about like, give me a structure so that I don't get distracted. So I feel that the structure is our practice, right? But I, yes, I absolutely say the story as articulate as you, as you know, articulate as you say it. So can you please share with us? That yes. I love that story. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the practice is this comes from, uh, I got the idea from a book by Pema Chodron called Start Where You Are. It's one of my favorite books. And she is unpacking uh, these 14th century Tibetan Buddhist slogans. And one of the slogans is give up all hope of fruition, which I thought was fairly uplifting. You know, like, <laughs> give up all hope. What? This is supposed to be thanks, Buddhists. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> you know? But what it's saying is, you know, these are these are these are riddles, right? They're little conundrums that get like a cone, right? To get you to think. So what they're saying is we, we, you know, 
anytime I'm hoping for something better, anytime I'm trying to change something about myself, all those things I want to fix, change, cut out, get rid of about ourselves, we're fundamentally um, saying that who I am right now is not enough, that right now isn't enough. Um, and that violates the principle that we're perfect, whole, and complete no matter what, that there's a part of us that is pure, unexpressed spirit that has never been born, never will die, never been hurt, never been harmed, never been sick. That's the I am within us that is always perfect, whole, and complete. So, so we're bringing our awareness to our habits, right? So what's a practice that we can do? So the practice comes, um, I call it, put a Buddha on it. And I put Buddhas on lots of stuff. <laughs> what does that mean? Put a Buddha on it. It means that when I'm, let's say anger is my issue, right? Anger is my thing. And I'm like, I got, I got to get a hold on this, right? Like there's something wrong. I blow up at people. It's ruining my relationships. It's ruining my work. I got to fix this. There's something wrong with me. Or I got to change this about myself. So you say, okay, my intention is to, to, to not be angry or be more loving, right? And, um, and then you leave the house and something happens and you blow up. And then you're like, now ah, you're angry at yourself. Ah, I'm being, ah, you know? <laughs> you're angry at yourself for being angry and more angry. So the idea is that we place our awareness on it. Like, oh, oh, there's my anger. I, I say, put a Buddha on it. Buddha isn't some guy that lived, you know, 2,500 years ago and is smarter than you and I'll ever be. Buddha means awareness, it means awakened consciousness. And so when I place my awareness on it, when I put my Buddha on it, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Oh, there's my anger. I'm not fused with it. I'm observing it. And in the observation of it, it begins to unwind that habitual pattern. And the other part is that there's not one part of you or me that doesn't deserve to be loved and appreciated, especially the parts that we're trying to cut out, especially the part that's angry, the part that's angry, the part that's whatever, that's the part that needs more love, not less. And so by placing my awareness on it, oh, there's my angry Buddha. How do I love my anger? Well, uh, that doesn't really resonate with me, but I think acceptance and love are very close, right? So can I accept that part of myself, not resist it, not cut it out? There's my angry Buddha. Oh, there's that part of me. Like I got to acknowledge that that's a part of me. Mm -hmm. And it wants to be, it wants to come back. It wants to come merge back into wholeness. And it's this part that I've separated. So as I start to observe it, it begins to lose its power. It begins to un lose its charge. And we begin to unwind those habitual patterns. Now, this plays into the story of the sirens, which is the Greek myth. If you remember that the sirens were these mermaids who would call the sailors off course uh, as they traveled through these straits, right? It was the equivalent of the, the, the ancient Greek Bermuda Triangle, right? Just stuff went wrong in the, in the Straits of the Sirens. And they said, all these mermaids call the ships off course and crash the ships on the shore. The sailors jump in the water because no man can resist the call of the sirens, right? The myth said, if any man could resist the call, the sirens would lose their power. So our good friend Ulysses is on his way back from the Trojan War. He's got a, he wants to get home, but he's got to cross the Straits of the Sirens. And he wants to hear those, he wants to hear their call, but he doesn't want to succumb to it. So he creates a structure that supports him. He tells his guys to tie him to the mast and to not let him down, no matter what he says until they're on the other side. And he tells his guys to put wax in their ears so that they don't hear the call, so they can navigate when he gets to the other side, of course, the sirens lose their power. The myth is powerful because 
we all have those sirens that call us off course, that cause us to crash our ships on the rocky shores of fear, doubt, lack, limitation, worry, not enoughness, that, that, um, that seem to have so much power but have no power in and of themselves. They have no power. There's only one power. The other stuff that's not that power only has power because we give it power. And so, and we give it power by fusing with it and not identifying, not distinguishing it. So placing my awareness on it, I begin to hear the call of the sirens and not get caught by it. Um, um, we have to identify and go, I hear you, but I don't, I know you're not true. I know that's not true. We have to treat our minds. So putting the Buddha on it, like there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with this moment. There's nothing, I got mad. I have an angry Buddha. There's my angry Buddha. There's not one part of me. I eat too much. That's Buddha with indigestion. I walk up and trip and fall on my face. There's Buddha and fell on his face. There's not, there's horny Buddha. There's hungry Buddha. There, I mean, I have clients who are like, I'm putting a Buddha on everything. There's a part of me. I'll tell you, this is very, you know, I'll be very vulnerable with you. Um, you know, many years ago, I used to run nightclubs and I, I did, a, I snorted up half of Columbia, basically, is what I'm saying. So, you know, like, I was that guy, you know what I mean? So, right. so, um, and, uh, and it's been many years, right? And I was watching a movie the other day and there was a scene in the movie and it triggered all those memories and it came up and I was like, I was caught by it. And I, and I was like, oh, no, I can't even, I don't even think about that. No, 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 no. I don't want to call that into my life. What I think about, it, I bring about, no, 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 no. Push, 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 push it down. Resist, resist, resist. Forget about it. Forget about it. Cancel, 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 cancel. Right. And then I, and, and the more I did that, the more that feeling was coming up. And I finally was like, oh, put a Buddha on it. Oh, there's my Coke, Coke Buddha. Right. There's not one part of me that isn't deserving of more love, not less. Mm -hmm. And even that part, like, okay, there's a part of me that really liked that. Now let me, let me accept it. And now it's losing its charge. And it'd been many years that came up. Oh my God, it scared me. No, I don't want that. And there's the resistance. So, oh, there's, there's my co-core Buddha. Welcome love to the it. spiritual podcast. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that vulnerability. And I love that you're sharing this because all of us have those things that we resist, that we're so afraid, and they become monsters that hunt us in our consciousness. And they tell us all these terrible things because we keep mm -hmm. pushing it away. But as you know, you put the Buddha, you put the awareness, you, you're saying, I'm not scared. I know who I am. Yeah. I'm not scared of you. So thank you for sharing that. This is very powerful. Thank you. Yes, yes. And I'm reflecting on um, Dr. Sue Mortar, who uh, we got to talk about with Reverend Cynthia a few weeks back. And she's our second episode on the podcast. And she was talking to us about how if something comes back, even mentally, maybe not an experience, but even the thought of, oh, there, there's the co-core version of, of self, right? <laughs> even that coming back is an invitation for forgiveness and for love. I, I just really want to thank you for this, this beautiful, efficient suggestion of putting a Buddha on it. Buddha, Buddha everywhere. And, yeah. And, yeah. And that beautiful invitation to, to love all aspects of self. That's the invitation, and and I thank you for it, and for the reminder, and for a a technique, a modality, a skill, a way, a quick response. Even you know, it's 
It's just so easy to remember. Put a Buddha on it. Put a Buddha, Put a Buddha on it, baby. I had yeah. a client. He shared I had a client. A sticker. <laughs> it's a hashtag. It's a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just have to tell you, the client, he's a, a gay, gay man in his 60s. Uh, and uh, he texted me one day and he was like, I'm really horny. And I was like, there's horny Buddha. You know, like there's just not a, not one thing, not one part of us that doesn't That's deserve and more love, not less. Right. And we're always beating that part up. Oh, you did this. No, that part needs more love. Yeah. More love, not less. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, yeah. you know, if we don't love it, it brings that guilt and shame, which is their emotions that vibrate at such a low frequency and it just makes everything worse. So like, like Jen said, thank you for that reminder. Thank you for that um, beautiful phrase that we can put it in our pocket. And whenever we find ourselves judging ourselves or criticizing or resisting, we can be like, Oh no, that's just the angry Buddha. That's just the, you know, the, the procrastinator Buddha, whatever it is that we judge about ourselves. And now, Day Day, um, we can speak forever with you because it's so, I'm so um, spoiled because JJ is my neighbor, so I could have him over <laughs> and listen. I know. And be I feel like I need to come over and move yeah. into your block, into your neighborhood yes. there. Um, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, you have beautiful offerings coming up well one special offer would you talk to us about it and and where can our listeners find about this incredible thing you're about to do in october thank you yes october 21st through the 30th i'm leading another retreat um to peru uh to the sacred valley of peru um the retreat is a men's and women's retreat so mixed men's and women's the last retreat i led in may to peru was a men's retreat um we'll be working with um with a beautiful family the wilksara medicine family who i've known for 14 years and done many retreats with uh, through agape and and then now over the last four or five years i've been doing retreats with them in, in peru so it's it's beautiful and we'll be working with um, plant medicine, a plant medicine called Wachuma or San Pedro, which is a heart opening medicine. So we'll be working, there'll be four occasions where we'll work with the medicine during the day and in nature. So we drink the medicine, we play instruments and we walk through the mountains below Machu Picchu. We'll drink the medicine and walk in Machu Picchu. We'll be walking in the ancient temples. Um, we'll, and there'll also be breath work and other integration modalities as well as just fun like touring around peru seeing these ancient ruins seeing the amazing spanish colonial architecture and the food and the culture and just the the just peru's been on your bucket list so um the retreat is a wonderful opportunity to travel for it's called sacred truth tours Right? So we're traveling to sacred sites around the world with the intention of connecting with ourselves, with God, connecting with the land, with Pachamama, connecting with the ancient traditions and ways, connecting with the indigenous people. And, and through this, we, we um, through all of these modalities, through all of these connections, right, we create a deeper sense of oneness. We up-level our consciousness. The intention is through individual transformation, we create a world that works for the best and highest good of all. And 
So it starts from within. So the retreat is a beautiful retreat to tour, to have fun. There's shopping, there's dining, there's, you know, massages and all that. And you're traveling around temples and, and then you're also working with plant medicine. So it's like sacred, cool travel. Um, and the last thing I would say about it is uh, what I love the most. If you're in, if you're looking to like shift something, if you like life needs to shift, you're looking for uh, you know a little dusting off. You're looking for connection. Um, you're looking for travel and adventure. You know all of these things are available in the retreat. The thing that has made my experience in Peru so beautiful has been my connection with my brother Wachan and his family Martika and Siwarkente. Um, and seeing Peru through their eyes, seeing the way that they live in devotion, in the ancient ways. So I love going there because I learn ancient ways of the indigenous, the Quero, and Quero are part of the ancient Inca empire. Um, and that's what John's tradition, he's a third generation medicine keeper. So getting to like, it's like school. It's <laughs> so cool. Oh, cool. Um, so that's the retreat. It's at sacred-truth.com. Um, Thank you. Or sacred.truth.tours on uh, Instagram. Website sacred-truth.com. IG sacred.truth.tours. Fantastic. We will be sure to include these links and more uh, because we want to also comfort our listeners uh, with the reassurance that you are available as a spiritual practitioner. You are a teacher. You're at Rhythmia. You're everywhere all at once doing God's work. So there are other ways to to interact with you as well. So what we'll do, JJ, is we'll just put every single contact that you want to share with us. We'll put that in the description below the episode. Thank so you. if anyone wants to get in contact, they can. And I'm sure they will want to. And we're all eagerly awaiting your book. Does it have a title? Sacred Truths. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll see you again soon, I hope. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. What a joy to be with you both. And thank you for the invitation. And thank you for all of the words of encouragement and love. You know, it's so easy to speak into a listening that holds, you know, you hold me so big. It's so easy to speak into it. So thank you. Thank you for holding me high and, mm -hmm. and for the love that I got to speak into. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect with your audience as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's our honor. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening and we will see you on our next episode. Goodbye now. Peace unto you. Bye-bye. Peace. This has been a peace teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you, we appreciate you, and we bless your life. Peace be with you.